everybody to another episode of Spiritual Gangsta Certified. I am your host, Illy Bish. This week, we will be discussing Venus entering Gemini. So we've got Gemini Brown's weekly astral forecast to explain what you can expect from the energy this week. And then I just do a little talk on Venus and Gemini as well as the cancer energy that is currently present. So you guys sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of Spiritual Gangsta Certified. What's going on, world? It's your boy Gemini Brown here, back with another episode of Knowledge Kicking Knowledge. Today, we'll be taking a look at this week's forecast, seeing what the stars have in store for us. So let's get into it. As always, shout out to all the Gemini celebrating birthdays this week. Pay close attention because this energy will be with you all year. So, this week, you know, we're in the first quarter phase of, uh, of this new moon cycle. We're building towards a full moon in Sagittarius. And uh, we got some movement, okay? Uh, Venus, plan of love, beauty, pleasure, relationships, is now in the sign of Gemini. So, um, just like with Mars, bias, one of my favorite uh, transits of the year. And I think everybody really benefits from this because uh, Gemini's communication is youthfulness, um, it's companionship to some extent on a, on a friendship level. So it fits very well with Venus and people in general are just more open and social, okay? Not to mention now, it, the, the sun is here as well, okay? So, uh, one one good way to really take advantage of this uh, energy is to not just socialize, but but seek to learn from the people that you're around. These can be established friends, these can be you know um, family members, or even new people. But um, no matter no matter the time, we can always learn something from anybody. But this becomes even more prevalent uh, now. Uh, people are very like. Uh, can can really uh, serve to inspire or motivate us, okay? So uh, pay attention to where, what houses is occurring for you. Uh, let's say this is occurring in your second house, right? Uh, you can come across uh, people who give you a, a perspective on how to, you know, balance your money better or put you, or you can come into new opportunities uh, to make money, okay? Or your communication skills can become a value to you, all right? Uh, if it's in your ninth house, uh, opportunities to get out and travel, you know, short trips will probably be coming up. Then it's just up to you to take advantage of that. What am I going to do? Okay, am I going to go? Am I not going to go? I will go, you know, if your schedule permits it or whatever. Um, so, we got that. Then, it's an interesting thing. So, right now, as I do this video, the sun is square uh, Neptune. And... I always feel like, like you know, any Sun Neptune square, you know, disharmony is is difficult. But the mutable energy really makes it difficult because what happens is mutable is seen in every side of the equation, right? And here in Gemini, uh, a large portion of what we're going to be confronted with here 
is logic versus faith. What's on the other side of Gemini? Sagittarius, right? So, you know, Pisces is the ideal. Gemini is our logic based. Sagittarius is the, the faith that we have in the ideal. So to one extent, you know, especially with it being the first quarter of the moon, we're gonna experience this, this crisis of like, okay, and something's off here. Is it and logically it says I can't achieve it, but then I feel within my soul this is for me or whatever, and then you know, Neptune is creating the confusion. So there is an air of confusion regarding certain situations in life. Then with the, the sun being here, energy, vitality, we may not be feeling, you know, 100% active or motivated to go uh, do what we have to do. Then to top it off, Gemini's ruler, Mercury is in Cancer, which is, you know, bringing emotions and, you know, the past to the forefront. I look for, let me know what's going on with you guys, because I know uh, with Mercury here, there's a lot of, you know, uh, just thoughts from the past, people from the past probably, you know, coming back, and uh, it's not a retrograde, but you know, just little things will happen, and, and little triggers will occur. So, with all of that this week, we can be feeling very lethargic. We can be feeling very out of it. Um, and just kind of losing our faith. But the key thing is to identify your faith and hold on to it. Okay? Uh, your faith is what's going to guide you. But you, you can't throw logic out the window. But the thing with logic is that it requires faith. You know, something something will be like, okay, logically, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But, but if, if I do do this or whatever, that... That is the, the faith that's needed. So we, we kind of got to find a, a balance uh, between those two. But the remedy for this is to remain spiritually centered and grounded. And I gotta I gotta address this point. I gotta address this point. Um, you know, this is astrology. It's one side of divination. It's under one big umbrella of, umbrella of spirituality. You know, some. Some dabble with like magic, ceremonial magic, planetary magic, um, herbalism, all, all types of stuff, right? Um, regardless of all of that, right? Say you, you, you do a ritual, you, you cast a spell or whatever. After you do that, there will be work required that has to be done. So, like, things aren't going to magically happen you aren't going to have a reading or have someone do uh you know some spiritual work for you and magically all your problems go away no it it, it just doesn't work like that at some point is your effort combined with those forces that is going to create the change a lot of times if you really want to be honest a lot of time the ritual is to help focus the mind it is to help gain the perspective okay um sort of like a placebo i'm not discrediting that shit works i'm just saying you know that's one way to look at it so i speak on this from a collective standpoint that um this week we can just be waiting like oh my god i feel terrible but i'm gonna get out of it but how are you gonna get out of it 
my whole thing is that you can't just wait or nothing's gonna change. You have to put some type of action behind, you know, your faith, okay? Um, you have to put some faith behind the logic. Everything works together, okay? So I definitely would say, latch on to your, you know, your spirituality and your spiritual practices. Use that to get you out of the funk. Take advantage of the Gemini energy. Learn, absorb, communicate, speak your truth, speak to others. You know, um, like I was saying with Mercury and Cancer too, it's a good time to really um, say what's on our mind, say what we feel. You know, you, you will feel uh, a lot better. So to some extent, heading into the, the full moon, we'll get an idea of the things that we need to start working on releasing, okay? Um, so then midweek, midweek we got Mars, who's been uh, transiting Cancer. Um, trend is going all right for me. It's going all right. Like, um, I think at some point I just had to acknowledge like, yo, I just need to chill out. You know, naturally I'm just like an on-the-go person, but this is homebody energy. So, so to some extent, I definitely kind you know, just homebody did a little bit and that's all right you know um but you don't want to get balance is key right balance is key and it goes into what i'm saying here so mars will be conjuncting the north node and what's going to happen here is that uh there will be faded interactions all right something is going to occur in which you are going to be forced to make a move all right you're going to be forced to exert your will so with it being canceled let me use an example Say you've been wanting to purchase a home, say you've been wanting to get an apartment, okay, something, some type of convenience that you've been looking for, right? This, you know, financially, you may not have it, and that plays into the point I'm saying earlier about, damn, logically, I shouldn't do this, but you, you kind of got to have faith and, and things like that. So something's going to occur in which you have to, like, say, fuck it, I'm going to, I'm going to execute this, I'm going to... Put the, I'm gonna pull the, I'm gonna pull the, the plug on this and you know, pray that it works out in my favor. And then that thing, you know, can lead to a favorable event. All right. However, the moon will also be in Libra this week, and it'll square, you know, that North Node and, and that Mars. And to some extent, this reads a couple ways. One way it reads is that. With everything else going on, we could be losing our, our point of balance, okay, energetically. Um, we could be just off, you know, being too laid back or indulging too much because the need for, a, you know, escape will be high this week. But that's why I said you have to use your spirituality or your creativity to help you get through, right? Then, on another plateau, there's this feeling of emptiness. Right, with especially with, with Neptune transits and things like that, and leading into full moons, we're gonna feel like we we need others, all right? Or we're gonna try to lean on others to to you know fill certain voids. But I think the wisdom here is is self reliance. I think we're gonna be really you know urged, and this goes for people who are possibly just like too codependent you're gonna be forced to really you know make a move on your own okay you're gonna be in some type of situation where you have to rely on yourself you have to tap into 
your Mars, you know? And then for others, our relationships can uh, serve to be some type of uh, like disappointment or or aggression. They can somebody that we're close to can do something to really upset us, you know, and that forces us to make a move, okay, or an eye opener. So there gonna be a couple epiphanies this week, but um, overall it's gonna be a time of a strong faith, and I believe self reliance. You know, uh, learn how to like um, when I say use people like. Use people to your like benefit. Like, okay, I need to get this off my chest. Let me call up my friend who's you know a really good listener or or I consider wise, right? But you can't you can't put the emphasis on them to be the uh, the savior. Okay, I'm, whatever they say, I'm gonna go with that. No, you just have to learn, you know, how to use uh, others to your benefit. All right, but self reliance will be key. All right. So y'all, this is my interpretation of this week's forecast. Uh, I look forward to hearing what's going on with you guys. If you haven't subscribed to my channel, feel free to do so. If you need a reading, highlight me. Until next time, peace. everybody hope everyone's fine doing well this is illyvish back with another episode of spiritual gangsta certified now um as of saturday at 9 37 p.m eastern time we had venus move from taurus into gemini okay <laughs> I have natal Venus in Taurus, so I really like Venus in Taurus. Um, it was an interesting time. Now that Venus has gone into Gemini, somewhat joining the sun, it's interesting to me just the climate that is going on. <laughs> now, in general, Gemini season has brought a lot of different things to the fore. Now, we have still been dealing with Mars and Cancer, which, not to sound all doom and gloom, but, like, one of the first things that I said when I'm like, okay, well, Mars is about to go into Cancer, um, <laughs> was that we should kind of be on the lookout for some, like, underhandedness um, and passive-aggressive tactics from some people. Um... I think as a whole, the influence that it has on the collective has been really, really apparent, especially on social media. I know a lot of us can't imagine a time where you didn't wake up and grab your phone and see what was going on amongst a bunch of strangers or people you went to high school with or your friends even just in one fell swoop. It's, it's been really interesting. Gemini season has put a focus on being open to new ideas and um, different concepts and things. It's made people chatty. You know, it's brought out the trickster in some people too. Don't even get me started on that. But 
with Venus and Gemini, I wanted to take a little bit of time to kind of talk about, you know, what that actually is for me. And I, uh, far be it from me to ever be like, oh, you know, I just hate some placements. I dislike some placements at times, um, just because, you know, sometimes they're rougher to deal with. And depending on what your energy is, you know, that can really let you know why you respond a certain way to, you know, certain people, why, you know, they rub you the wrong way or rub you the right way. And, well, what I have to say about people that were born with um, Venus and Gemini, so if this applies to you, I want you to kind of like pay some attention. Now, we know that Gemini is ruled by Mercury, and, you know, Mercury is basically lording over communications, how information flows unto us. Um, you know, the thought processes that we have. Um, Mercury, Gemini's ruler, is also what rules over short travels, short trips. It's opposite Sagittarius rules over long trips. But, you know, there is a need, an innate need to communicate, gather information, consider information, and that sort of thing for people who have... Venus in Gemini. Now, Venus itself, as a review, rules Taurus and Libra. These are signs that have a quality about them, about appreciation. Taurian energy would be more focused on the tangible things and things having to do with the senses, whereas Libra is beautiful thoughts, aesthetics, ideas. It's kind of like an airy energy. It is an air sign. So, what Libra has in common with Gemini is the air quality. Um, Libra is cardinal air, so it's like, ah, get, get things going in thought and consideration. And Gemini is mutable air, very changeable. Now, as, <laughs> as a person that has a mutable sun and a lot of other mutable placements with my Virgo energy, I have particularly felt like this Gemini season has like kind of like smacked me in the face like there are times where I'm like I need to feel some things out like I normally need to feel my way through things anyway because I have you know a natal mercury and Pisces I want to absorb information I don't I don't really I don't really get things on in the same ways that other people do but um the sun every Gemini season it like forces me to be in my head more that's that's how it impacts my chart. Now, Gemini is basically energy that I have in my ninth house, which is about higher learning. If you check and see where Gemini energy is in your chart, number one, the sun is there, okay? So that's a spotlight shown on these mercurial Gemini type thing, themes, excuse me. And, you know, Mercury's a fast moving planet. So this like sense of urgency and constancy that, you know, um, just constant, just like gathering, going, gossiping, all of that is definitely characteristic of, you know, 
this energy. But with Venus and Gemini, I did want to say this is the time where we could all appreciate intelligence a little bit more on the positive side. Natal um, Venus and Gemini people definitely need a person they're attracted to since Venus is about how we love, appreciate beauty, you know, our one-to-one relationships. They need some sort of intelligence and mental stimulation and just a sense of being able to consider, you know, different things. They talk a lot. They love, 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 love exchanges of thoughts, ideas. They, they need stimulation. So for Venus and Gemini people, I almost kind of feel like the worst thing that they could encounter is somebody who's like just really quiet for no reason. And I mean, some people are. Some people just don't find the need to talk a lot. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But I feel like people with this placement get bored very easily because of that. And that energy of being bored, well, it causes them to look elsewhere for stimulation. Now, I've seen this all over the internet when I first started looking at astrology too. Venus and Gemini can make people not want to necessarily settle down. You know what I mean? They they kind of lose interest easily in things. If you're with a person that has, or if you are a person with Venus and Gemini, the thing about it is your mate has to continually spark some sort of intellect in you, has to keep you busy mentally, has to keep you on your toes, so to speak, or they just get bored. Now, I'm not saying having Venus in Gemini natally just naturally makes you a cheater, but it does naturally predispose you to needing the sort of stimulation from a partner where if you don't get it, there's just going to be like this flighty need to go elsewhere. Now, whether you do that in integrity or not, that's always up to the individual. You know what I mean? So, I don't know why I'm so out of breath. I am just sitting here. So, I do want people to use the energy of this particular transit to kind of be appreciative of those with knowledge, who can teach you something, who can open you up to new ideas, who can just make you kind of feel like, you know, you're considering things you normally wouldn't. The love and appreciation of ideas, of communication, of information being passed on, it can manifest itself into ways that are beneficial to us, but it can also manifest itself in ways that are not so beneficial, you know? Now, Venus being a dual sign, you know, can kind of flit from one way to the other. I'm thinking that with this transit going on, we shouldn't be surprised if that's some of the energy that we see from some people. Now, I pulled the chart for when Venus goes or went into Gemini. I'm actually recording this after that has occurred. But um, for the chart, where I am, Venus um, was transiting or started transiting the fifth house. The house of creativity, a Leo house. 
So when I look at this, um, being open, I guess the theme for this transit to me is being open to creative ways to think. Letting your creativity be influenced by new ideas, you know? And then when we look at where Mercury is um, for this chart, I know a lot of people just really pay attention when they hear Mercury because, oh, yeah, retrograde, you know, but it's direct now. Mercury is in Cancer in the seventh house, okay? So the communication and openness and understanding, you know, Gemini's ruler right now is in a water sign where it doesn't necessarily like to be. Mercury in Cancer is very emotional. This is falling in the seventh house. So our one-to-one, and it's also conjuncting a bit, not by close degree, but it's touching Mars in, in Cancer. And then the North Node is in Cancer, and Juno is in Cancer. There's a lot of Cancer energy um, that was going on. So, please, I'm, I'm telling you guys, do not be passive-aggressive in your one-to-one relationships. Try to come direct. Yes, there can be a tendency of a flood of emotions to come up when you're dealing with all this Cancer energy, especially with how we assert ourselves to Mars, and then, you know, our thought processes, Mercury. But the awareness that this energy on its negative side can kind of lend to people acting like you're supposed to just automatically know how they feel, which is a heavy cancer theme, Um, or they need to get you before you get them, another cancer theme, because we think about the fact that cancer is a crab. If you think about how crabs actually naturally react, they're protecting their soft inner shell, the pinchers they gonna, they gonna pinch you, okay? But, um, I kind of feel like with this going on in the way that it is, well, <laughs> be careful. Just be very, very careful. It's, it's quite easy to, it's quite easy to get in your feelings and then be kind of like asshole-ish about it. Sometimes we, in our relationships with people, especially if we've been close to them or we've known them for a long time, if we feel like our emotions are not being catered to, understood, taken into consideration, that can cause you to withdraw into your shell, your protective shell, you know? And Mars, which is in Cancer, is trying to go to battle I mean I really look at Mars as a warrior it rules Aries so when you think about that Aries energy squares cancer energy okay because they're both cardinal energies so technically you know Mars and cancer (laughs) that's in a pretty riled up position okay you've got the warrior who initiates um, action because that's what fire signs do You know, in the sign of the crab or um, cancer that initiates, because it's cardinal water, that initiates emotion. And what is emotion? Energy in motion. 
So if you put Mars, the aggression there with the energy and motion, well, shit, there may be some people that flip out and we've been, we've been dealing with this for a while, but since at this point, I feel like with the Gemini energy here in Venus, <laughs> this should get interesting. If you're open to new thoughts and ideas and you know, that is actually supposed to be helping your creativity well, hmm. Huh. When Venus went into Gemini, it was squaring the moon. That was in Virgo. Um, again, squares represent challenges. I don't think that a lot of people who are just picking up on astrology realize how simple it is to understand aspects just by remembering, just like you would with other parts of astrology, keywords. So squares represent like challenges because it's literally like square up. We're going to fight. So the energy of Venus and Gemini, how we love and appreciate beauty from an intellectual standpoint, a vacillating standpoint was standing square up with the moon, which is about our emotional processes in Virgo in the most calculating nitpicky sign that there is. And it's like, how can you really appreciate new thoughts and ideas if you're going to be like picking apart everything? So that's kind of what that said to me. But this brought up something that I wanted to talk to you guys about to remember for this entire transit that we're dealing with, um, with Venus and Gemini. Now, again, been seeing the Gemini hate said this for a few episodes now but what really gets me about the gemini energy is if we choose to operate on the higher vibrations of it we'll be able to reconcile ideas because the twins castor and pollux that gemini represents represent the higher mind of man and then like the lower material mind everything that starts starts in spirit okay So this spiritual awakening that I'm seeing so many different people have, this understanding that, you know, they're more than their physical body, the experiences that they're here to have have some deeper meaning. Well, I feel like we can really get an appreciation for this with um, Gemini energy if we use it positively. We can essentially just kind of be open to gathering open to like pulling thoughts in seeking inspiration from our higher self to meld with the information that we find with our so-called lower self i guess our our human self when you can merge these two things together beautiful things can happen it's the dissonance that gemini energy can create with the you know quick vacillation it's a mutable sign it's changeable change is something it's used to so you know this can make some people indecisive um when it comes to love matters um i feel like a lot of people are dealing with choosing one person or another type energy or maybe not even being sure of what it is that they want but i implore you to take out your chart and see where number one the gemini energy is transiting the sun and venus And then look at your chart and see where all this energy in Cancer 
is going through with Mercury, Mars, the North Node, and Juno there. Now, it's interesting because for me, like, my Juno is in Cancer, but I have it in an opposing house because I'm a Libra rising, so it just sets my chart up opposite energy in each house. I've been trying to find what feels like home to me, I guess, but also in addition to that, just really trying to find that comfort that is necessary for me to feel comfortable in a relationship. The nurturing, the stability, um, you know, the understanding of emotions. So, you know, with all this cancer energy, wherever it is in your chart, I would say you want to kind of look at it. If it was going through like your first house, there may be a lot of challenges with you getting comfortable with yourself, who you are, asserting yourself, feeling comfortable communicating your emotions. Um, you know, if it's going through your second house, I would say that that is calling on you. Because I, I look at the self, the second house, I know people go to the money house. But it's also the house of self-worth. You know, once you know who you are, then you need to value that. And, you know, asserting your value. That can sometimes mean letting other people know they got you fucked up. But remember, passive aggressive energy goes hand in hand with cancer. So you don't want to take it too far. Um, then it's going through your third house. How can you essentially be more aware of the emotional aspects of what it is that you think and communicate? It's going through your fourth house home there how how can I feel and find my home or what can I do in my home to make me feel more comfortable what changes do I need to initiate to make me feel more comfortable if it's going through your fifth house again I know I, this is a talk about Venus and Gemini um, but I'm talking specifically about this cancer energy because it's so heavy if it's going through your fifth house um, are you emotionally in tune to what you're passionate about? Do you know why you're passionate about some things? Do you feel it on a deeper level? Are you willing to express that passion at all costs? If it's going through your sixth house, how can you better, how can you better use your nurturing ability to either improve your day-to-day -day life or perhaps better be of service to other people you know what emotional connection do you have to your health now I already said what is happening with it going through the seventh house so if you're a Capricorn rising it should more than likely be hitting there and huh, with that you know your one-to-one -one relationships you really want to examine how you're putting forth your emotions. Are you doing so in a productive way? Are you doing so in a way that it makes your partner have to assume how you feel? We don't want to go through that. If it's going through your eighth house, there's a, that's water in a cardinal water in a fixed water house. It's as if this compulsion to go deeper emotionally just exists there. You might seek greater bonds and greater emotional ties or bonds I should say in sexual situations with people um your deep-rooted feelings that you haven't really been paying attention to are definitely going to come to the fore and they're going to come out but how how is always up to you how is always up to you
It's never not up to you. Ninth house, how do you get comfortable emotionally with what it is that you would like to seek, the adventure that you need? Are you feeling really riled up at this point to experience some sort of deep, um, some sort of deep emotional connection to seeing the world, learning new things, spirituality even, you know, it's going through your 10th house, <laughs> like it's going through man, <laughs> you know, how do you feel comfortable out in the world as you're known? Is the work that you're doing emotionally fulfilling? Are you getting to be the nurturer? Are you getting to be, you know, the person that makes others feel at home? How do you get there? It's going through your 11th house. What can you do in your circles, friendship groups, etc.? That'll better connect everything emotionally. Don't don't be petty either, because that's easy for, especially with this Mars and Cancer going through the 11th house. 11th house rules internet too, so groups and circles, I would say online groups. I've been seeing a lot of passive aggressiveness there. And in the 12th house, how are you unconsciously, without really realizing it, being emotional in a way that is working towards your detriment? Is it something that you're saying too passively? Is it something that you're not saying at all? I mean, that that's what I get from that. Now, though, again, this is a Venus and Gemini talk. With all that Cancer energy, it's opposing this Capricorn energy with the South Node there, Saturn, and Pluto. I keep imploring people, don't forget we're still in the midst of both Saturn and Pluto being retrograde in Capricorn, alright? Because basically, the retrograde is going over areas that we really, really need to pay attention to. Saturn and Capricorn in general, just by itself, you know, the daddy of the zodiac, excuse me, home where it belongs calls on us to work in integrity. It wants to reward us if we do the hard work. It does not want us to suffer. However, whether or not we do is based on what we do. With its conjunction still to Pluto, which wants us to transform, how can you create new structure in your life? How can you create a sense of ownership and responsibility for yourself? What needs to die? You know, what needs to die and be reborn in the structuring of you? You know, what work needs to be done that you can't ignore? Ask yourself that. Keep that in mind. But that was just some thoughts that I had and I wanted to get out about what is going on when um, Venus went into Gemini. I want everybody to keep their head up keep your wits about you work in integrity and make sure above all things that you take time out to get in contact with yourself really feel really think use these energies appropriately to your better good you know we we have the benefit in, in astrology of being able to look at cycles to be able to know when it's a good time for this or a bad time for that. You can always use that energy wisely. Here's hoping you do. 
thank you guys for listening to another episode of Spiritual Gangsta Certified. See you on the flip side. <laughs>